This is Wednesday, February the 28th, 2024, the Wednesday Evening Latin Service. Reagan, you want to light us up? You want to come with me and we'll light the torch? Thank you, Pete. Welcome to this Wednesday Lenten uh, worship service. Thank you for those who joined us for the soup supper. I guess we're making you eat faster this year, 45 minutes. With uh, conversation, it makes it kind of hard. It's now a fast food uh, Lenten uh, soup supper. I apologize for that. But thank you for adjusting your schedules. It helps us with the confirmation. I need to let you know up here in the front we have our confirmation students, and uh, they have all grabbed a clipboard from the back. They do sermon notes. By the way, I'm so impressed with their sermon notes. Before we begin, I want to share two of them, and I didn't get permission to use their names. But I want to share this uh, with you. Last week, we talked about um, in Christ, we are new creation. 
And one of my confirmation students wrote, God didn't leave us in hopelessness forever and made us alive in spirit. We are saved. We just have to receive it. And I'm like, amen. Wonderful. Here's another one who wrote, the one thing that stood out to me in the sermon was, now we learn how we can sin and to be forgiven. How God still loves us even after sin. And it's through faith. And they said, faith, um, and I'll read it. One thing that I may do differently because of this is give glory to God because he suffered for all of us. And she wrote, or he wrote, receive, believe, and accept. And I wrote, receive in faith, believe through faith, accept in faith. Isn't that just absolutely wonderful? So I thank you, confirmation students, for the ways in which you bless me uh, with regards to your sermon notes. Well, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray together the prayer insert that's wrapped around our service. We're going to pray the prayer of the day for for, uh, second Sunday in Lent again this evening. Will you join with me? Oh God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us a means of life. Grant us so that to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The lesson is we're coming right back to the lesson that was read this last Sunday by Kathy in Romans. And so you have it, I believe, in your bulletin. And so we read. The promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there a violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and who calls into existence things that did not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations. According to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith, when he considered his own body, which was already good as dead. For he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew stronger in his faith as he gave glory to God, being full of and fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it is reckoned to him, were written not for his own sake, but for ours also. 
It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who is handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised to a, for our justification. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. You know, on Sunday mornings, I don't have the opportunity to preach on all the texts, so this Lenten season gives me an opportunity to come back around and to really focus in on the epistles, which are letters. In this case, Paul's letter to the Romans. And so I just want to take some time and to dive into this snippet that comes out of Romans. The promise that came to Abraham in Genesis came as a word of grace, pure grace. Abraham did nothing to deserve God to come before him and say, I'm going to bless you and make you the father of many nations. There was nothing that Abraham did. It is what God was doing. And so this word of grace was not the demand of the law. And the promise was, you'll be the father of many nations. If it had been law, the promise would have been dependent upon Abraham's ability to keep the law. But it wasn't. Had it been, it would have perished with Abraham, since the law cannot keep out sin. Therefore, God bases the promise fulfillment on grace, sheer gift, in Jesus Christ through faith. In the presence of God, in whom Abraham had faith, believes God is life, who gives life to the dead, and who calls into existence things that did not and never existed. In God, Abraham believed the promise through God's grace that he would become, in fact, the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. And he never wavered, even in consideration of his old age, a hundred years old. Not picking on my brother-in-law, but Eric was in his late 50s when he and uh, his wife brought a child into the world. And I know it's taxing on Eric, but he is a wonderful father. Abraham never questioned, I'm 100 years old. Who am I, God, to have a child? But he believed. Besides this, his weaknesses that he had in his body. And he did not even consider the barrenness of Sarah. As far as we know, Abraham and Sarah may have been trying for many, many years to have a child. Matter of fact, that was Sarah's cry to the Lord. Why have you left me barren? Instead, what was interesting in the scripture that Paul picked up on was Abraham grew stronger and stronger and stronger in his faith, in his faith. So here it is. Abraham's faith mattered, and as we heard, not only for Abraham, but for all who follow thereafter him, all the descendants. And the father Abraham is the father of us all who had the faith. I'm going to give this sermon title if I'm a confirmation student. Our faith matters. Three words. Our faith matters. In receiving God's promise through grace in Jesus Christ. Abraham's faith, seen by God, was righteous. And this, too, 
will be so, writes Paul, in our faith exercised in Jesus Christ. In Paul's words, it, is, it too will be reckoned and given to us as promise fulfilled if, if we will believe in him. Our faith matters. It is all laid out for us. There is nothing that we need to do. For those who follow Gary Hatcher on Facebook, he had a wonderful devotion today that centered on this very topic in which there is nothing that we need to do that God has provided for us. And as we heard from last week, has not left us hopelessness, but has drawn us into the light of God and the glorious saints that we will not die to ourselves, but we will die and live to the Lord beyond the grave. Our faith matters in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who was handed over by the sinfulness of humankind to be put to death for good. God turned it around and used it for good. And if we were following the Old Testament prophets, we could predict that this was going to happen. What we meant for harm for Jesus, who claimed to be the Messiah, who we put him on a judgment seat and judged him guilty, that he was a blasphemer, God turned it around for good. We see this repeated. If we go back to Genesis chapter 50, we see Joseph, the great-great-grandson of Abraham, his brothers were jealous of him. Matter of fact, his dad loved him so much that Isaac had made him a beautiful coat of many colors, and Joseph had these dreams and that his brothers would bow to him. Well, that's all they needed to hear. And they took that coat from Joseph and they tore it up and they threw some animal blood on it and left Joseph in the pit and went back to dad and said to Jacob that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. What Joseph ended up doing was sold into slavery into Egypt, to the south. And there he became what I like to call the agriculture uh, secretary for the nation of Egypt. For he was in charge of all the wheat, all the barley, all the grain. And they had stored up. He had a, the king had a dream, and Joseph said, this is what your dream is. God is going to give you seven years of plenty, and then there's going to be seven years of, of not. And starvation is going to hit the land. And so Joseph said, you need to build these grain bins and to store up the grain for tomorrow. And people were starving. Jacob and his family and his sons all came to Egypt. And Joseph forgave them and gave them enough to eat. So Joseph starvation, which led to death, would lead to life. If we follow Jesus, Jesus died our death, who then through the resurrection, through our Father, brings us to life. Death does not end. That God brings us through death, and that God took it on himself. Jesus was handed over to die for our sins and our transgressions. He was raised for our justification, for all people who believe, Jew, Greek, Gentile. 
I ended my sermon on Sunday regarding a new mindset. Jesus was trying to get his disciples, I think it was shock therapy, and changing the mindset, the fianus, the fianus. And I read from Romans uh, chapter 6, and I started here at the third verse. All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised through the dead, from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if, you, if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And it reads on in verse 7. For whoever has died is free from sin, but if we have died, but if we have died in Christ, believing, we are also alive with him. Here is Abraham's faith, believing that with God all things are possible. It's central. Our faith matters. God has provided the way. All we have to do is receive. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin. Yes, from dust we came to dust we shall return. Going back to Ash Wednesday, the physical body will be destroyed, but not the spiritual body. In the spirit, we are alive now and eternal to God in Christ. In essence, we are already dead to sin. The law condemns us. But we are alive in Christ now, today, and eternal life with God always through faith in our eternal Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith matters today and all of our days in this life and the world to come without end. For we know this in our hearts, that God created the heavens and the earth, and that God creates out of nothing into existence. And we know in our heart through faith that God gives life to the dead, and that we have a God who loves us beyond the grave, who in our baptism made the promises of forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life. And God planted in our hearts on that day of baptism the seed of faith, making us a new creation. Then we are children of God, inheritors of God's promises as Abraham was. Blessing that only comes from God. The gospel of our Lord. Amen. Let us sing our hymn of the day. We walk by faith. 635. We'll sing the stanzas 1, 2, and 3.
let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and before the whole company of heaven that we have sinned by our fault, by our own fault, by our own most grievous fault in thought, word, and deed. We've done and by what we have left undone. By the mercy of God, we are united with Christ in whom we are forgiven. We rest now in the peace of Christ. And so, Lord, be our light in the darkness, O God. And in your great mercy, defend us from the perils and the dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for taking time to pause and to come and to hear that our faith matters. After we receive the blessing and the dismissal, I invite you back into the social hall to continue the meal, the dessert, um, wonderful desserts that have been provided. And compliments, I'm going to allow you to go in there and grab a dessert and you get to consume it in the confirmation room. And you will help me clean up the confirmation room before we leave tonight. Okay, with that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen. Go in peace, share and live your faith. Thanks be to God. Copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.